Hi SIBKL, hi Church, so good to see all of you guys. I hope that all of you are well on this day, on this evening or morning, whenever you are catching this. I hope you are well at home and safe with your family and your loved ones around you. But I want to say especially for those of you who feel that, that you're still stuck, somehow the gears have still not started moving again for you and you've got lots of questions about tomorrow, what it will bring and you're, you're going around looking for answers, I hope and I pray that today the Word of God from Ezra chapter 6 will really speak to you and lend you strength and give you faith to keep going on. That is my prayer for today. I hope that every one of you will be blessed by this Word. But maybe before we go on, why don't we pray? Father, I thank you, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is on the throne. You are sovereign in heaven and you are speaking. You are a God who speaks and your word is the word of life. I thank you, Lord God, that today everywhere, all across uh, uh, the nation and the nations, even that people are hearing your word and your word will bring a resurrection power. Uh, your word will bring a resurrecting of deadness back to life. And I pray, Father God, that you you will cause that which is stuck to become unstuck in the name of Jesus Christ by the word of your power in Jesus' name. We just praise you and thank you that you will cause revival and restoration to come back into our midst. So Father, we thank you. We just want to surrender this whole time into your hands. May you increase, may we decrease. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, good stuff. We're in Ezra chapter 6. Today, I hope you've been enjoying our little mini-series in, in the book of Ezra. Let me read to you the text from Ezra chapter 6. I'll be reading to you about two-thirds of the chapter. Let's go. Then Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in Babylonia in the house of the archives where the documents were stored. And in Ecbatana, the citadel that is in the province of Medea, a scroll was found on which it was written, a record. In the first year of Cyrus the king, Cyrus the king issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place where sacrifices were offered, and let its foundations be retained. Its height shall be 60 cubits and its breadth 60 cubits with three layers of great stones and one layer of timber. Let the cost be paid from the royal treasury. And also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple that is in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, be restored and brought back to the temple that is in Jerusalem, each to its place. You shall put them in the house of God. Now therefore, Tatinai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozanai, and your, associate, and your associates, the governors who are in the province beyond the river, keep away. Let the work on this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I make a decree regarding what you shall do for the elders of the Jews for the rebuilding of this house of God. The cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue, the tribute of the province from beyond the river. And whatever is needed 
bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offering to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil as the priests at Jerusalem require, let that be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Also, I make a decree that if everyone alters, if anyone alters this edict, a beam shall be pulled out of his house, and he shall be impaled on it, and his house shall be made a dunghill. May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, make a decree. Let it be done with all diligence. Then, according to the word sent by Darius the king, Tatinai, the governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozanai and their associates did with all diligence what Darius the king had ordered. And the elders of the Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the sons of Ido. They finished their building by decree of the God of Israel and by decree of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month of Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now friends, I want to show you one thing, even as in that last paragraph that we saw, that, that there is such an amazing, strange thing happening. Today, this sermon is called Decree. Everybody say at home, Decree. Everybody say to yourself, decree, right? Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be possessors of the decrees of God. And you can see throughout the whole text, decree was showed up, I think, don't know how many, seven, eight times uh, in a span of about 14, 15 verses. That's incredible. Now, in that last paragraph, I just want to quickly point it out to you. It says here, they finished their building by decree of the God of Israel. By decree of the God of Israel and by decree of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. So what does this mean? I believe what the word is trying to teach us is that God is decreeing a word in his throne room in heaven. And when he decrees, his word is unbreakable, his word is irrevocable, and it is looking for executors on earth, people on earth who can execute his royal decrees from the throne room on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray that way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So friends, today, the first thing that I want you to take home, even at this early juncture of this sermon, is this, that whatever God decrees in heaven, let us declare it down here on earth. Whatever God decrees in heaven, let us be faithful people of God to execute His royal decrees so that whatever word irrevocable word that proceeds from his mouth, that it will find its consummation here on earth in our day, friends. Do we not, do we not want to, do we want to wait for another day? Do we want to let another generation see the fulfillment or do we want to see it fulfilled in our day? Friends, let us continue throughout this day, throughout this week to declare the wonderful word 
of God over our lives and over our nation. Amen. So what's happening is this. What is a decree? A decree is a royal command. It is a command usually given by a ruler or a king. It is irrevocable. It cannot be taken back. It cannot be, 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 be broken. It cannot be supplanted by another instruction. And these decrees are legal. They have a legally binding power. And, and many of the times when you look at decrees in the Bible, they are not even just restricted to the decrees of God, but many kings and earthly rulers have decreed a bunch of things. We've seen it in Esther, um, where Ahasuerus uh, decreed uh, for the killing of the Jews. You, we see it in Daniel, where Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, decreed for the worship of an idol. We see all these things happening, and here we see a, a layering of decrees. God making the first decree in his throne room, right? We saw that in that last paragraph. And then Cyrus decrees it. And then Darius decrees what Cyrus decrees, which was what God decreed. And so you can see in the, all the layers of the decreeing that is taking place, the word is being sustained from party to party on earth in order to fulfill what has taken place in heaven. Amen? Amen? Do you have an amen for that? Well, let me show you three things uh, that I believe we can see in this text today that God is going to decree over every single one of us, not just to the Jews at the time of the, of the returning home, but to every single one of us. God is decreeing over us plans. God is decreeing over us provision, and God is decreeing over us protection. Everybody say plans. That's right. You said it at home. You said it at home, right? Everybody say plans. Everybody say provision, and everybody say protection, right? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the provision and the protection because if, if and unless our plans align to the plans of Almighty God, then none of the provisions and none of the protection is going to be open to us, which means this, that the plans that we lay down need to be in alignment with the perfect will and word of God. It, our plans that we are laying out for our lives need to be in alignment with God. When our plans are in alignment, it opens up a doorway, it opens up a doorway for His provision and His protection to follow after. Amen. So it means that the plans are really important. Yeah, church, it means the plans are so important. Let me read to you what Ezra 6 says about the plans. It is part of Cyrus's decree, which I will read to you from verse 3. In the first year of Cyrus the king, Cyrus the king issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt and the place where sacrifices were offered and let its foundations be retained. Its height shall be 60 cubits, uh, its breadth 60 cubits with three layers of great stones, one layer of timber. Let the cost be paid from the royal treasury. What the word, what this decree is saying, from the moment the decree is made, it lays down the plans. Even before it talks about anything else, it is laying down the plan of God. And the plan of God comes here threefold. The first one is the motive. What is the motive? The second is the measurement. How, how should it be? And the third one is the material. What should it be made of? And this is so important, my friends, because as we are approaching the day of the end of, the, of our MCO, as we 
we are approaching uh, the day when we get released back into, into the world out there and go back to work as normal. And you know what? If we don't spend the time now to, f- to reflect on it, to, to, to allow the Lord to really speak and recalibrate our hearts and make good of this whole MCO period, then can I say this? It would have been a wasted opportunity. But we're not, right? Because today, what we're going to do is we're going to hear from the Word of God and we're going to go back. We're going to go back into our quiet time with the Lord and ask Him once again, Lord, what has happened to all my plans? Friends, Go back, think about your New Year's resolutions. Think about all the plans you had for 2020. What has happened to all of them? And then I want to encourage you, my friends, to seek the Lord in these three areas. Number one, what were your motives? What were your motives for making those plans? Were they, were, were, were they for, were, were, did you have a plan? Did you have a, a, a purpose? Do you have a motive? And I believe that the Lord, the Lord is good. The Lord sees and his, his eyes, his eyes expose everything, right? That's what we learn in Hebrews 4, that when his eyes see and reveal every single one of our hidden motives, let us ask God once again, Lord, can you show me what were my motives for setting these plans? Friends, I want to encourage you this. It is not that you enter with the wrong motives. It is not that you enter with motives of selfishness, but the Lord wants to remind you, where am I in your plans? Where am I in your plans for your own life, for your career, for your family? Am I there, my friends? That's what the Lord is saying. And He wants to to distill out from your motives His very own supernatural divine purposes so that he can see himself in your plans. He can see himself in the motives of your heart so that in everything we do, right, we learn from what Paul says, whether we eat, whether we drink, whether we run business, whether we raise the family, whether we're going out there to do to do uh, um, outreach work, in all that we do, may we do it for the praise and the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's going to work. Your plans is going to work in your motives. And then he's going to ask you, what, what are you measuring it by? 60 cubits wide, 60 cubits high, right? That's his measurement. And he's saying to us, how are we measuring our success? How are we measuring? Because some of us, the way we measure our success is every year, Three overseas holidays, that's, that, that means I'm successful, right? Or so, for some of us, we measure our success by, by, by how soon, how quickly we can go into an early retirement. Whatever it may be, the Lord is asking us, in your plans, what measure? What measure? Have you been building it too small? Have you been building it too small so that you're not catching the perfect will of God so that He can give you enlarge your vision for what He's called you to do? Have you built it bigger than 60 by 60 cubits, so to speak? Have you been building, uh, uh, set for yourself a plan that is bigger than what He has planned for you for, for, for the purpose of, of delusional grandiose for yourself? You know, maybe that's not His will for you. But In all this, surely our plans must measure up and as close as possible exactly to the plans and the blueprint that the Lord has set for us. SIBKL, I do not want us to try to grow something too small or try to grow something too big because we always say in SIBKL, big is not strong. Small is not strong, but strong is strong. And the Lord, if He were to give SIBKL a measurement, I believe His measurement is strong. 
His unit of measurement is strong. Not big, not small, not large, not cozy, strong. And SIBKL, I want to encourage you in your life, as you rebuild your life, rebuild your career, rebuild your family life, rebuild your school life, rebuild whatever it is that the Lord is leading you to rebuild. As SIBKL, my friends, the Lord is asking you, by what will you measure? How will you measure success now that you have walked with me through this MCO season? How are you going to measure it? There is the motives, there is the measure, and then there's the material, right? Three layers of stones, one layer of timber. He talks about the material. SIBKL, what are we made of? What are we made of, right? I believe that this MCO season has been a real unmasking of what we are made of. And, and, and maybe many of us didn't even realize this, but as we tra traverse eight weeks of MCO, of, or maybe more, by the time you read this, maybe by the time you hear this, that you that you realize that actually, Lord, I'm made of fear. Actually, Lord, I'm made of self-preservation. Actually, Lord, I'm made of, of, of vanity. I'm made of this. I'm made of that. I, I don't know what we are all made of. I don't know what the Lord is exposing in every single one of us. Some of us are made, made up of, of, we didn't realize, but there's so much greed mixed into it, or so much, so much, uh, 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 um, uh, all kinds of hang-ups mixed into it. SIBKL, the Lord wants to refine and extract out from us what material makes you up. And the Lord is reminding myself, even all over again, that in this season, Fergus, he's telling me, Fergus, are you made of courage? Fergus, are you made of self-sacrifice? Fergus, are you made of, of a preparedness to lay down your life, lay down your plans, lay down your vision, to take up the vision of God? Are you, are, are you made of sterner stuff, my friends? I believe that's what the Lord is saying. And he's saying that all these things, these three things, your motives, your measurement, and your, and your, and your material, all these things make up the plan that God has and he's decreeing it from his throne room in heaven over you but we must align to his plans we must align to his motives we must align to his measurements we must align to his material and when we come into full alignment only then can he bless with his provision and with his protection. So friends, actually I want to share with you guys a little bit about my own journey, right? My own journey through this MCO period. I think we all know that um, before this whole MCO thing happened, uh, we were due. 2020 was the year that we planted three churches. One of them would be SIBKL at Sungai Bulo. That's the church plant project that I was supposed that, that I'm heading up I'm still heading it up you know but I say I was supposed because in my mind we were supposed to be there by now in my mind we were going to have launched in March if not April if not May but certainly by June uh, in my thoughts and my calculations we would already be there running weekly services and so on and so forth and can I say be very honest with you when the MCO hit just before it hit we were already fine-tuning things about the building and all that stuff and and and, and when everything hit, it all ground to a halt. And, I, and there were days when I was trusting in God. And there were days when I started to lose my focus. And I started asking God, God, how? God, what's going on? God, will you even give this to us? God, what is your plans? What, what's going on? And there were days when I was encouraged because, you know, we don't have to pay rent, right, doing MCO. But there were other days when I was, where I started to ask God all over again, God, 
do you really want this? What are you trying to teach all of us, not just myself, but all of us on the planting team? What are you trying to teach us in all this? And you know what the Lord really taught me? He taught me, Fergus, the first layer, right? Your motives. He said, Fergus, actually, why are you doing this? Fergus, why are you doing this? Fergus, what do you have to gain from this? Fergus, are you ready to gain nothing from this? Fergus, are you prepared if I told you that this has got nothing to do with you and everything to do with me and my glory and my kingdom and for the people of Sungai Buloh to come to me and you are only to be a pipeline for my glory to flow into that place? Are you prepared, Fergus? What's your motive? And then he's saying the next thing, Fergus, how are you going to measure success of your church in Sunai Bulo? And that really took me aback, you know, because I really started to think, actually, how uh, in church sometimes we measure success by, by the number of people who come, uh, right? Because in the photos it looks good, ma, uh, you know? But Fergus, he, the Lord started asking me, is that how you're going to measure success? By number of people uh, uh, in your hall? By number of followers on your social media? Are you going to judge success by, by how? By number of people who show up for your prayer meeting? How, you know? Uh, are these invalid? I started asking, God, are these invalid measures? He says, Fergus, Fergus, you look at what MCO has done. All our weekend services are not what they used to be anymore. All our prayer altars are not what they used to be anymore. They've all had to find new ways of continuing to be what it is without being what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? And he said, Fergus, what is your flagship? I said, Pastor, Pastor, no, I didn't say Pastor. I said, God, right? God, starting to sweat, right, talking, recounting my dialogue with God. I said, God, surely the Sunday service is the flagship, right? And there's silence, you know? And he's like, God, you mean the Sunday service is not the flagship? And he told me this. He said, Fergus, the Sunday service is not your flagship. Then he said, the prayer altars, you know what? You know what he said? He said, Fergus, you know what's your flagship? No, that's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. Your flagship is love God. And love one another. That's your flagship. In everything you do, new normal, old normal, abnormal, it doesn't matter. The one constant which must always, Fergus, always, it's telling me, right? You must always be your flagship. Love God. Love your neighbor. That's your flagship. How about that, Fergus? Will you run with that? Are you prepared? Because that's how I'll measure you, Fergus. That's how I'll measure you. You get your motive right. You get your measurement right. And I'm going to ask you now, are you going to get your material right? What is your core team made of? Is your core team made of self-sacrifice? Is your core team made of selfless love? Is your core team made of a desire to go out there and bless those who are who have a totally different, four, five different social stratas away? Is your core team made of that stuff? I'm looking to see what you will build this house with. And I was flawed, man, I was flawed. Because just before, just before MCO, we were working on budget, so we were looking at bricks and mortar, right? And then he comes, puts the MCO, the bricks have been placed on, and in this time of, of so-called inactivity, the true activity of God is taking place in my heart. I believe that the Lord is going to do the same for you in all of your own plans, in all of your own structuring, restructuring, rebuilding, restarting, in all of those things. God will be working. God is at work. Align, align, align. Go back to the Word. Go back to knowing what the Lord wants to say. 
to you in this season to prepare you for the next season of getting out there again and returning to quote-unquote life as normal. Friends, it will not be normal, but I tell you, there is one constant. The constant is aligning yourself to the motives, the, the, the measurements, and the material that God has decreed over you. Amen. Amen. So there are the plans, and then there is the provision and the protection. But just before I run along to the next thing, I just want to encourage you, if any of you have a testimony to share of what God has been doing with you in the plans for your life, why don't you share it with us? We've got a new website at sibkl.org.my. So if you can go there, scroll to the bottom, you can share your testimony with us. That would be so good. Or if you can just type it out in like a couple of, uh, of lines, why don't you share it with us in, in the live chat? If you are if you are live right now at five or at eight thirty the next day, so 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 please go ahead and do that. Then we can really be a people who can share the stories of the excellencies of our God with one another. Amen. All right. So there are the plans, and if we align our lives according to the perfect plans. So there are the plans, and if we align our lives and our plans according to the perfect decrees of God in heaven, when we put ourselves and check our motives, our measurements, and our material with and against the Lord on high, then what will open up after that are the provisions and protection of God. I just want to share with you on provisions right now. I mean, look at this text here. It says, right, 60 cubits wide, 60 cubits um, uh, uh, high. And what's going to happen, right? Who's going to pay for this building project? It's got three layers of stones, one layer of timber. Who's going to pay for it? The royal treasury of the Middle Persian Empire. That's who's going to pay for the building of this temple. Isn't it amazing? That means that God is going to, it's like capital injection. You know what I mean? It's, it means God is going to help you to restart. God is going to help you when you align your plans to, 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 the, to the decrees of God. He is going to help you to restart things, right? He's going to give you and provide for you enough and adequately for you to restart. And you look even right after that, uh, uh, what does it say? It says that, and also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took out, the gold and silver, which Nebuchadnezzar had plundered, his own predecessors had plundered, he says, give it back. Whereas we plundered it from your temple, now give it back, put it back exactly to its place in the temple. What it means is that God isn't just going to help you restart, he's going to help you to recover your losses. He's going to help you to recover your losses. And that is an amazing promise of God that we see. I mean, we see it here, right? As, as the Lord recovered the losses of the Jewish people and how everything that was taken away, we remember the word that says that the years the locusts had eaten, God will give back. This is exactly what is happening. The gold and silver that the locusts had eaten, God is returning it back to his people. You know, when I read this, uh, this little portion, I, I remember how as as God's people were being driven out of Egypt, the, 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 the Egyptian uh, 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 ruling authorities and neighbors, everyone, just everyone everywhere was just giving them their gold and giving them their silver and saying, go, 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 get out and go, you know. And it's just amazing how God works when God speaks the most unthinkable kind of resourcing, the most unthinkable, unimaginable kind of provision can take place. So God is, God is going to help you 
to restart when you align. God is going to help you to recover losses when you align. And the last one, we, we, we see this in this picture. I mean, if you scroll, if you scroll down a little bit or you look down in your Bible, it will say that uh, in verse 8, right, the cost to be paid to these men in full without delay from the royal revenue, the tribute. So, so all the monies that they're taking from their tribute across the great river is to be used, is to be used to pay for what? Bulls, rams, sheep, wheat, oil, all these things. What are these things? So that they can make their sacrifices day by day without fail. Operational costs are covered. Friends, this is amazing. There is capital injection, there is recovery of losses, and there's 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 OPEX, right? Operational cost is also covered. God looks after... Now, I don't want to stretch this too far, but I really believe that God is just really trying to say one thing. In these three little examples of how He's going to provide, He's going to say, I'm going to provide all you need. That's all. That's what He's trying to say, right? So, so, so it's, He's not... I mean, that's just a way of breaking it down so that we can see He's really going to look after all that you need. He is a kind God. He is a good God. He is looking out for you. But as the word says in Romans chapter 8, that God works for the good of those who love Him and are, and, and, and are called according to what? His purpose. Not our purpose. Not our motives. Not our measurements. Not our material. But according to His purpose then he will work for the good. And we saw just this moment right here how he worked for the good to provide for everybody in the rebuilding of the temple. Now, friends, I want to share with you that in the last few days as I've been preparing for this sermon, right, I just started to think, what kind of king? I'm thinking of Darius, right? And prior to him, Cyrus. What kind of king would send this bunch of foreigners who came in, who would send them out, and not just send them out, send them out with, with um, a, a portion of my royal treasury stuff I took from them, I'm going to give it back to them, and then, and then I'm going to give order so that their operational costs are all paid by my taxes, right? I'm going to pay for them. This is amazing, what kind of king would do that? Why would Cyrus and Darius, one after another, go ahead and make decrees like this? Is it that, and I can tell you, man, I, I ran through like maybe four or five different possible theories about why. Maybe was it that Israel became such a stench to them that they really needed to get rid of them? You know, I'll pay you to get rid of you. No, right? Clearly not. Was it because that Darius and Cyrus were maybe were maybe closet Christians, you know, and, and they, were, they were secretly kind of like fighting for the God of Israel? Actually, if you look at all the Medo-Persian history, right, and how they conducted themselves, actually there's no evidence to suggest that as well. Could it be that they were that, that they were just they were just self-serving and they were just trying to leverage uh, uh, um, on maybe maybe the Israeli the, 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 the Israel's God is is more powerful. I mean, it does say at one point, you know, maybe pray for us and our sons. But strictly speaking, uh, given their culture and of their day, if I defeat you, my God defeat your God, you know, which means that you your God is a defeated God, right? So I I don't think they were trying to leverage on on po the potentiality that that Israel's God is more powerful. So it made me think. Actually, why? Actually, why, 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 what would possess these kings to do that? And I came to only one reason, my friend. Only one conclusion. Whatever God decrees in heaven, it will be done on earth. It will be done on earth. Every knee, one day, will bow. Every tongue, one day, will confess. Everyone will work ultimately to fulfill the ultimate good, glorious, 
God-glorifying purposes of King Jesus. As he decrees in his throne room, he will find those on earth to execute. And I believe that he used Cyrus and Darius one after another to execute his royal decrees in heaven here on earth. Right? And that's just amazing. That's just amazing. You know what? Another thing I want to point you out, uh, point out for you. While all these things is happening in Jerusalem, right? The the back and forth, the stop work order, and then they and, and then they, they send the letters back and forth, Tatanai and and, and, and and all his his his, his band of uh, associates are trying to stop and trying to catch out this whole thing. While all this is happening, right? Let us not forget the power. Now this is a, kind of like a bit on, on a side point, but it's a very important point. Let's not forget this. The power of intercession. The power of prayer, fasting, intercession over your people and over the land. You know, I don't know why, because while all this was happening in Jerusalem, because they went home already, right? While all this was happening in Jerusalem, in all likelihood, in a citadel in Susa, all the way back in Persia, right? Go and read Daniel chapter 10, it is around this time that Daniel, the prophet, was praying, was fasting, was mourning for his people. And in his grieving and in his prayer, the angel visited him. Remember the incident in Daniel 10 where the angel visited him, told him that he was delayed for 21 days because there was warring in heaven and all that. It was during this this kind of span of time in history that while all these things were taking place in Jerusalem, that all of that was taking place in Persia. And I really believe, I really believe that even as the, the stop work order had, had ground everything to a halt and that as they were starting to rebuild and, and looking to, to, to get the whole building project up again and they were looking and praying for Cyrus to move, right? For the King Cyrus and King Darius for, for that decree to come out that over in Persia, Daniel was interceding. Daniel was praying and what it teaches us all is the power of capturing the spiritual atmosphere over our land because what you don't realize is that miles apart, God can be fulfilling the things you are praying for, for your people in ways you cannot imagine and that helps me to understand why kings like Darius and Cyrus would actually open their mouth and make decrease as the ones they have done. Otherwise, I cannot imagine. Outside of the grace and power of God, I cannot imagine any other reason why. So there is his plans aligned to them. And then when you align to them, it opens up his provision. It opens up his protection. And I just want to quickly show you how he protects, right? The first way in which he protects is that he says to Tatanai and Shetha Bozanai, these two pengacau, these two mosquitoes, can't not non-stop trying to catch out the people of God. These two guys who have been working extra time, overtime in order to, to halt and stop the building project. What does the decree say to them? He says this, Now therefore, Tatanai, governor from beyond the province, Shetha Bozanai and your associates, the governors who are in the province beyond the river, keep away! Keep away! All you pengacau, keep away! 
Back off. Don't disturb. Let the work on this house of God alone. Let it be alone. Let them do it. Let them run it. Let them build. You stay away. SIBKL. You know what this reminds me of? To me, when I read this, when I read this text, this is like the closest, the closest a Middle Persian king can go to, to Psalm 91, right? Everybody back off. All evil forces stand back. Nothing can come and touch you because you have called the Lord God, the Most High, your dwelling place. Let no evil come into your tent. Let it not come near you, but they will be far from you. You will not be afraid of the terror of the night. You will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. What is it trying to say? What is, what is the decree teaching us here? The decree is teaching us that when God decrees in heaven and his earthly counterparts decree on earth, that he decrees protection over us so that every spiritual and earthly power that tries to thwart us from rebuilding the work of God will be broken down. He will turn all of these works on themselves and he who began a good work will bring it to completion. Amen. Amen. And it's not even just that. I mean, if you read, if you read even further, right, he actually says that anyone who tries to subvert or to break or to annul this, this decree may a beam be pulled out of their house, may they be impaled on it, and may the whole house collapse and become like a dung heap. And I First time I met, when I read that, I laughed. I thought it was really funny. And then I started to give it a bit of thought. And I thought, actually, why take a beam out of the house, right? And why should this guy be impaled on a beam of the house? And then it hit me that I think what the decree is trying to say is that when you violate the will of God, when you violate the decrees of God, it's as if the structures that are set up to protect you will all collapse. When you violate the decree of God and the purposes of the Most High, it's as if the very foundations of your, of your life, we heard Pastor Lee to share about foundations and how all the, all the false and weak foundations that we have built our world with, right? If you violate the purposes of God, the very foundations that are meant to keep you safe and meant to give you shelter, all those things will collapse on you and you will die by it. And that just blew me. It just blew me because it made me realize that, oh my word, even in the way the kings of Persia decree punishment to those who try to subvert their own decrees, there is so much wisdom when God decrees in heaven. There is so much wisdom in the way it is executed here on earth. And then after that, he continues, you know, it doesn't stop there, that, that he continues to say to say that, it's actually the next thing is just even more amazing. It is a self-limiting uh, uh, clause in his decree. He says that if any king, any other king, not just me, me and or any other king, tries to annul this decree, that may God, may this God overthrow us. So it's incredible, right? Who, which king would decree something that limits their own power? Surely this has been the work of God. Surely it is own, it is not Cyrus's protection. Surely it is not just Darius's protection. Surely it is protection from the Most High of God. Now friends, I want you to know this. We're not just talking. 
I mean, we can be talking, but we're not just talking. We're saying, we're saying that the good news of this whole portion of Ezra chapter 6 is that when you align to the plans of God, He will back you up completely. He will give you all that you need. He will protect you from all who are trying to harm you. He will set you up to win. And even as you are preparing yourself to go back out after CMCO and back after June. June 9th, to get back into life so-called as per normal, and you're looking at, at, at the world and at the carnage outside, you're thinking, gosh, how am I going to pick myself up? Know that when you align to his measurements and his motives and his, and his materials, that he is going to set you up, set you up to win, build you back up. He will cover all of your bases for you. Only spend time. Go home to the Lord and recalibrate. Recalibrate so that your plans are as perfect as humanly possible in alignment with His divine decrees over you. As I begin, I want to encourage you right now that in a moment I'm going to close. And I know that for many of you, you are looking for prayer, you are looking for someone to decree along with you, you are looking for someone to stand with you and to lend you strength. Today, this weekend, for the first time, and, and from this weekend onwards, we will be opening up a prayer room online. So right now, if you are needing prayer, I'm gonna we're gonna flash out for on the screen for you right now a QR code and we will also be sent showing you a link. You can go to the to the our virtual prayer room either through this QR code or either through this link and when you go there someone will be there to pray along with you. Someone will be there to decree along with you and to declare along with you the perfect purposes of God over your life. This is, my friends, the closest we can get to to an, to, to, to an altar call. And I want to invite you all, as many as you, are need, as you have need, to come and answer this altar call. If you need prayer right now, you can take a step out from this YouTube room right now. You can leave it running in the background, but someone will pray for you. Please make use of this. I really encourage you. I will personally be there because uh, um, because I'm pre-recording this, right? So I'll personally be there to pray along with you as well as I be careful. I believe that whatever God has decreed in heaven, we can declare here on the land. Speak life. Speak His purposes. Speak His plans. Speak His measurements. Speak His motives. Speak His material. What are we made of? Speak it. Speak it. Speak it into being and declare. But don't just speak it. Do it. After that, act on it. After that, live it out. After that, execute the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. As I began, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, that which has been stuck, God is going to open up. He's going to open up life. He's going to open up a newness in your life so that you can live again. You can laugh again. You can thrive again. You will Because, because you abide in God, you will not die. You will not dry, but you will be nourished and you will flourish in this land. You will, you will be alive and you will, be, you will thrive in this land. As I be careful, may the people of God rise up in this season as I may we be a people who hear the decrees of God and speak it into existence in our lives so friends right now can you allow me to just pray 
And even as I'm saying this closing prayer, I just why why do we worship? Why do we worship? And I think it's so good. So 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 we'll pray in a moment. We'll pray in a moment. But why don't we worship right now and declare that our God is a God who's going to pave a way out for all of you who are going through especially a difficult time. He is our waymaker. He is our promise keeper. Amen. And even though we don't see him while he is working, amen. He is still working. Hallelujah, friends. Hallelujah and amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are on the throne. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that even right now your perfect purposes and your will are being executed here on earth. We pray, Lord God, for all our friends in the virtual prayer room that right now the cries of their heart are being heard in heaven, and there will be such an alignment taking place on earth as it is in heaven in their lives and in all our lives who are still watching right here on YouTube. Father, we just pray, Father God, that your purposes will be at work and your kingdom come your will be done father i pray lord god that after this in the wake of all this that we will all rise up renewed with new strength with new with new hope with a new faith for lord god and with a better and sharper alignment according to your decrees in heaven so father we thank you we thank you lord god as i be care i want to bless you right now May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you shalom. And all God's people say, Amen. As I be careful, if you need prayer and you're watching this outside of our traditional service times, then I encourage you to drop by our virtual prayer rooms every Tuesday and Thursday nights from 8 to nine o'clock as well. Otherwise, let's just continue to pray for each other. Amen. Some of you may have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible tells us that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved and you will have eternal life. Today, if you want to receive Jesus, why don't you follow me in this prayer? Father God, I confess I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus Christ, your son, to die on the cross for my sins. He was buried and rose on the third day. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me and accepting me as your child. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.